Hey guys. Hey buddy. What's going on? Uh, have we hired a coach yet? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, good. That means we have content. We do have content. We have lots and lots of content. Um, you know, this is uh, the silly season. It Absolutely. finally happened. Um, as uh, probably all of you know, Charlie Strong was fired on Sunday in the middle of the Bucks game. And as uh, Richard Johnson of Banish Society said, y'all ain't slick. And uh, <laughs> he's right. I mean, Michael Kelly knows how to news dump. Let's be real. Um, Learn from the best of the ACC and the college football playoff. And we are still, we are on day four of the search. Um, lots of names have come out. Um, you know, a lot of PR campaigns have, have started. And oh boy, uh, have they let's ever. try to sift through it all and figure it out, you know, who who's the best fit, what we're hearing, and kind of go from there. This is the Bluminati Podcast. Let's talk volleyball. Um, yeah. So, um, Michael Kelly announced yesterday, volleyball head coach Courtney Draper, after eight years at the helm, will no longer be the volleyball coach going forward. Her contract ran out at the end of uh, this month. Kind of made sense. Um, you know, you lose 15 straight in conference play. You, I think you, you win, what, you go 7-23. and 23. I think you win eight sets during that 15-game losing streak. That's going to happen. I think that's all fair to say. Um, she's a great person. Uh, I know it seems kind of like a repeat of Charlie Strong, but she is a, a very good person. Very nice. She was always nice to us. Um, but it, I think it was time for volleyball to go in a new direction, uh, especially, you know, with the, the team up the street being pretty damn good at volleyball. You can't keep giving up those six points for this, you know, that, that Warren I-4 trophy. You have to be competitive, and USF just hasn't been competitive in a long time. So it, it, it was time for a change. Yeah, you know, and it sucks because, um, you know, like we said, I think Courtney has done a lot of the right things and tried to do a lot of the right things, and it, it just, you know, it, it never really clicked the way that, that she was hoping. Um, and I just, all I can say is, is that I don't know anyone who has worked harder um, anywhere to try and, and make something work. Um and it just, it, you know, the results weren't there, and I understand why the decision was made. But, um, you know, it it just shows sometimes it's about fit and timing and luck. And I think in this case, um, a lot of those things just sort of went went against Courtney um, in a lot of different ways. And uh, yeah, it's tough. But um, we will see which way, direction Michael Kelly goes. Um, I. You know, there are. I, I, it's tough because I, I'm not as connected to that sport as I once was. Um, I don't know who is available, who's realistic. Um, you know, the best player in team history just won ACC Coach of the Year. I'm going to bet she probably makes too much money for us to get her back. Um, but Michelle Collier um, is playing in the NCAA tournament at Georgia Tech. She got them back to the tournament. They haven't been there in a while. She got Jacksonville to the tournament. They hadn't been there before she got them there. 
Um, so she's clearly a turnaround candidate, but I think she's just either going to have a really good offer from tech um, or, you know, other opportunities out there that might be a little bit better. As far as everyone else, you know, I don't know who Michael Kelly's talking to. I don't know who's available. Um, the former Jolene Pat, now Jolene Shepardson uh, at San Jose State might be somebody who's an alum of the program. Um, but otherwise, I really can't think of, you know, anybody offhand who would be the right fit. And that's just me being, you know, not as knowledgeable about the sport as I once was. Um, we are taping this podcast also after... UCF in five sets won their first NCAA tournament game in, t- in school history. Um, they beat Florida State tonight, and they will play Florida, and they will get, you know, destroyed um, by a not great Gator team, but a team that's better than them uh, in the second round. Which brings back memories of USF, because the last time we were in the NCAA tournament was 2002, and we beat FSU in the opening round. And uh, we gave F- UF actually a pretty good game. Um, we beat, We lost in four. Um, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And the fact that it's been 17 years since that team's been in the NCAA tournament, it's a failure of the institution and it's a failure in a lot of ways. It's really, I mean, it's not an ideal school for volleyball, but you've got some facilities, you've got some, you know, momentum and you should be able to do better than one NCAA tournament in 17 years. So I don't know what MK is going to do. Um, if I'm him, I go young previous head coach experience, but you know, we'll see what he does. Yep, and uh, you know I think we all wish Courtney the best, and uh, whatever she happens to do next, uh, I think she she'll probably find another coaching job or an assistant job here to kind of recharge and figure figure you know out what went wrong and uh, you know how to fix it. Um, but you know moving forward, there's another coaching search that kind of takes a little bit more precedent. Um, USF football needs a coach, guys. Um, what? Yeah. You know, there's lots of names, lots of rumors, lots of uh, scuttlebutt, as Joey Knight put it today. Um, Colin, let's start with you. Uh, what are you hearing? And we'll kind of go from there. Um, what I'm hearing and what I'm being called and asked are, is about a a one to 10 ratio Um, is for every 10 calls I take somebody asking me, I have one call of somebody who actually has information. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I tend to think the Willie thing isn't going to happen. That's just a very strange first major hire in Michael Kelly's career. Going back to the well um, would be, you know, I'm I just don't, I don't see it happening. I think there would be some fan backlash. I think there would be some donor backlash. I don't necessarily think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to Willie um, because I think him leaving, I have don't begrudge Willie leaving at all. Um, but I think some other people might. And so I, I don't think it's going to be Willie. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kerwin. I don't think they can go internal the way this offense performed this year. Although Kerwin certainly has, you know, I, it would be it's ironic, but I would feel much better about Kerwin as a head coach if this season didn't happen. Um, if he had just stayed at Valdosta State and made another deep run there, and we hired him to be the head coach here, I think that that might even work out a little bit better. But um, I, I don't think it'll be Kerwin. Um, can they get one of the the two coordinators from Clemson? Maybe if if that's you know if they come in, I think that's a that's a good hire. 
no matter what. Um, but other than that, I honestly think it's going to be somebody we haven't even discussed yet. I think they're going to go off the board. They're going to go like rising coordinator at an ACC school or, you know, somebody at a big 12 spot. That's like next man up at a, at a somewhat successful program. I just don't think the names that have been floated um, in, for two reasons. The, the people that have been floated, I, I think, are either a no or people that USF can't get. Um, Lane Kiffin, Lane's going to Arky or, or Ole Miss. I mean, if you have an opportunity to take an SEC job over an uh, uh, American Conference job, you take the SEC job. That's easy call. Um, I just, I don't know. You know, I just, I think the person that's going to be the coach hasn't really been named yet. What do you think? Um. <laughs> I think I'm uh, a little bit more optimistic. I, don't, I mean, optimistic being a you know probably a poor choice of word that uh, Willie Taggart is still a pretty viable option here. Um, you know, as Joey Knight and I have reported over the last couple of days, he's very interested. He wants to be here. Um, his youngest son Jackson is in the seventh grade, and it's been made apparent to me that Willie does not want to uproot Jackson like he did with Willie Jr., who played at, I think, three different high schools in his four-year career, um, one in Tampa, one in Oregon, and then he was finally able to uh, play two years uh, up in Tallahassee, where he's actually going to um, – he's quarterback and he's going to the state playoffs. He's playing – he's in states. Um, I think, you know, I think five years is plenty. Um, if, if Willie is serious about not wanting to leave and wanting to build something here, um, it makes sense. Five years is probably the longest you're going to get from any of these coaches. Uh, if it's Lane, if somehow you pull out Lane, he's not going to be here that long. Or Jeff Scott or Tony Elliott, they're going to be two, three years max, and they're going to be out. And then Michael Kelly is going to be looking for a, a new head coach. Um, I can say that Michael Kelly has not set up in a, a meeting with Willie Taggart um, as of Tuesday. Uh, things may have changed since then, but I, I do know that they have not set up an official interview or anything like that. Um, We'll, we'll see. I think, I mean, I think you and I, Colin, are on the opposite end of the spectrum here on, on that. Um, I think with Kerwin, it'd be nice, but I mean, that the offense, you can't, that's such a tough sell. I think that's going to be a harder sell for the fan base than it is for Willie Taggart, uh, because at least Willie has a track record of success at USF, and the one year have, of Kerwin Bell was atrocious. I do have a question on that with regard to fan perception. Um, Go ahead. If you look at if you look at USF's offense from last year, it's almost identical to the Florida State offense from the year before, from Willie's first year at Florida State. And they have a bunch of four and five star receive, uh, skill guys there. So it's and like one star what, offensive what, lineman. That offensive line was atrocious, just as atrocious yeah. as USF's was by comparative. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you've got better skill guys, you know, I mean, the they they average two point seven yards a rush, five point one yards of play, five point one two. USF was at five point one four this year. 
I think the Clemson guys are probably, it seems like those are the guys who will be um, unequivocally um, lauded by the fan base. Uh, maybe even Lane Kiffin too. But I think after that, it's kind of um, varying degrees of divisiveness amongst the fan base. I think the um, the negative in Kerwin's ledger, the last year's offense is overblown uh, because it's the first year. But I do understand how, especially after the last couple of games, it kind of those are the last couple of games you saw, and so it really sits with you. But if you compare the numbers to, you know, if it's Willie, Willie's first year at FSU. They're almost identical, and then Willie's first year at USF, they're much better. Um, so that's the one thing that's kind of interesting to me is the perception uh, around that. I didn't. It's kind of it's interesting to see kind of how that perception is different, um, maybe based on Willie's best years, and you're going off Kerwin's worst year. Yeah. So. I, no, I agree, and I think there's a lot of recency bias, and there's, uh, frankly, a lot of mouth breathers in the USF fan base who uh, can't understand nuance. And I, you know what, I'm getting kind of sick of it, honestly. Um, it, not everything is black and white. There, there are some gray areas uh, with every coaching hire, every possible decision with Willie. It's you know, he left after four years after he turned around the program and left it better than he found it. Handed Charlie Strong a conference championship caliber team, and Charlie Strong drove it into the ground. You can't really help that. You can't fault him for that. The Oregon fans should be more upset than the USF fans for Willie Taggart leaving. And then, yeah, but that shows, but, but that shows track record, Nate. I mean, like he he took three kids out of Orlando. Got them to Oregon, and they never played a down up there. Like uh, Dimitri Birch did. Did he? Yeah, Bruce Justin never got into school. That's on him. And the other kid. And who's the other kid? Uh, uh, it'll come to me. Um, anyway. I can't remember the, the other point, kid. But the the point is, is he? I think the and, other kid tore his ACL. They up and he up and bailed though, and then he goes to FSU, mismanages the media, mismanages the program, doesn't get the offensive line. You know, clearly that was a crisis situation. Didn't get that turned around after 20 games. They were still terrible. You know, I, I'm I not, to me, I, I'm not going to gonna me, argue. I'm not going to argue that Willie probably should have gotten at least the end of the season and maybe even a third year because, and I would also argue that, you know, to be fair, I mean, you know, whether we like it or not, race is a factor in this country. If Willie was white, does he get fired after 20 games? I don't know. Absolutely not. I, I tend to I tend to agree with you, but, you know, obviously you can't prove a negative. But, you know, I, I think he was probably treated unfairly there, that most likely. Be that as it may, he up and down on Oregon after a year. He's clearly looking for the best job possible. Why would you why would you bring him back? Like he's no matter what contract you sign and whatever you say about your kid, come on, man. Like if you dragged one kid through three or however many high schools, you're going to do it to the next one too. These guys are ambitious. They're type A personalities. That's what coaching is. And I don't blame them for it. They got into this profession to, to get the best possible job that they can to make the most money that they can for their family to win as much as possible. I'm, I'm not, knocking guys for that but don't give me this song and dance about how oh you know my next son i want him to go to the next high school for bullshit bullshit 
There's no track record of this in college football. People don't do this. You want to hire Willie back? That's fine. But don't think that he's going to, you're going to be building a statue on Fowler Avenue for him after years of loyal service to the university. Because it ain't happening. Sorry. It's not. Uh, to, to me, I don't understand the flack he's getting for leaving. Like, right, that's fine. Go take the job. I don't understand. Job. My my my, my um my only trepidation. I like Willie. He's from my hometown. Um, a lot. I know people. He knows a lot of kids here. Look up to him. I like him a lot. I want him to succeed. Um, but my trepidation with him is not that he left. It's that he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire since he left. His teams were not very good. At Florida, State. I would I would State. argue that the Oregon year got derailed with the Herbert injury. If Herbert doesn't get hurt, he's going nine and three his first year at Oregon, at but least. I mean, what's but how many stick around long enough to is, find that out? My thing with him is how many bad years does he get to brush off with something else? It's it's you know he's got a career losing record and all of it. So well, he's a, he's building programs. Well, he hasn't been anywhere longer than four years. Well, he doesn't need yep. four years to turn around a program. Two years at Western Kentucky, four at three. USF, one at Oregon, one and two thirds at Florida State. It was three years. And now all of a sudden, this Western. guy's going to be like, and and now this, how long? Three. I thought it was two. You sure about that? Three. He went. It was three. Two and ten. Seven and five. Seven and five. Seven and five. Okay, got it. Got the bowl. So, they didn't send him to a bowl the first. First seven and five year that went to the bowl the second time, second seven and five year. Got it. Okay. So you're not building a statue for this guy, man. Like, there's other ta- there's other younger talent out there that comes with less baggage to this specific university. I want Willie to get a job somewhere. I'm not saying he should be persona non grata in the coaching profession. I'm just saying it's not necessarily a great fit right here, right now. That's my contention. What? But I think the the one thing on the side of hiring him is don't you think that Michael Kelly would pretty much kind of take care of any of these possibilities and contingencies with within the contract? And since Willie's already being paid by Florida State, he may oh, be Oh, you get him cheap, but like how'd that work out he, last time? It's not just getting him cheap. You may be able to, if this is where he really wants to be, uh, you could probably load that contract up with contingencies and things like that. So if he does want to leave in three or four years, you can protect yourself a little bit better. Okay, but then, not, he, then the reality stays here for then, a long time. But then the reality on the ground is, is that he's here. Let's say it's year three, and he wins a conference championship, and there's all of these SEC, you know, Big Twelve, even Pac twelve, because he did coach at Stanford. He's got experience on that coast. All of those, you know, other, you know, programs are now interested in his services, and he's like, wow, you know, look at all of these great opportunities. I can make a lot more money at a bigger school compete for a national championship, even in some of these places, but I can't leave because if I do, I owe USF $30 million. Well, are you going to be as happy about going to work every day and doing the hard, hard work that recruiting is and the hard, hard work of being and building a football program? If, if you know that there's literally no way out, you're stuck here no matter what. Like I, I just, that doesn't seem like a recipe for success to me. You, you're handcuffing a guy to this place where even if he has success, he can't really build on that and get better. And if he doesn't have success, 
well, you could probably get rid of them, but then, you know, because you're going to have a con- any kind of contract you give them, there's going to be, like, no buyout like Charlie's. That's for sure. I'm not saying that. But, like, you're tying a guy to a program where he he's probably ambitious and wants to go somewhere else. And I don't blame him for that. That's fine. It's just not a good fit right here, right now, especially as Mike Kelly's first, you know, revenue sport hire in his career. This just does not make any sense to me. And, uh, but I agree. Those are all he perfectly probably, valid. He could probably upgrade the talent too. You know, like well, that's as Seth and I've said, and everybody and people that I've talked to around the program say, biggest problem is the team not good enough. You know, there are guys that can upgrade the talent. You know, another one along that line is is you know I've been talking to somebody about James Coley. You know, no hard pass. Hard. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Hold on. Nope. Look at that. Absolutely look not. At Hold on. Look at Georgia's offense this year. It sucks. They have a lot of talent, and they're not using it very effectively. They're 29th Granted, in offensive efficiency, though. It just looks bad. But with that talent, they should be 2.9. Yes, like, they should be very good. They should, they should be way better than 29th, especially with yes. the talent that they have. I am not arguing. I'm not, they are loaded. They are So, loaded. you know, we did the, the roundtable, and Coley was my guy. And the thing that I had to pitch, the thing that made him stand out was there are 49 or 47 of 49 in the red zone because nothing else stood out to me. From you okay. know, Maybe. last year he was co OC, this year he's the sole OC, and everything's fallen off. And he picked Jake Fromm instead of Justin Fields. That is unforgivable. He has whiffed on every single quarterback recruit. Hold on. You gotta spin that as loyalty, Nate. No, that's bad. <laughs> look, you look, you I'm not saying he's an X and O's genius because clearly you haven't seen in his time as OC that he's an X and O's, you know, super genius. He's no he's kind of behind the times. He's a he's more of a pro style. Look at his recruiting. Look at the recruiting. He gets talent. All those FSU kids around Jameis, he didn't recruit Jameis, but he got all those kids around Jameis won national championship. Georgia has talent. If the biggest thing is that USF needs to get more talent in the door, maybe that's a guy who's a better fit because he's an, uh, an elite recruiter. I like Cole. He recruited one of my players, and he was a really good, really good recruiter. The kid loved him um, and wanted to follow him to Georgia after he got fired by Miami, but... Uh, I think I said it last time they already had Jacob Beeson, so it was a no go. But yeah, I think he's a good recruiter. I think he's a good coach. He just kind of his style is not kind of the style that's kind of taken over with the up tempo, and um, he's more of a kind of traditional pro style type guy. And he's got the and guys that's that not going to work Georgia. here. Yeah, he's got the guys at Georgia that can do that with a big offensive line. But I think he may have to change some things up if he was here. I think that there's a that's another like kind of you know being in the bucket I guess for Willie Taggart. He knows what it takes to win here, and you know this is a very quirky job, Colin. You know this. I think Seth, you've you've started to learn this this year. I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning some things. Um, there's some things about this program that you need to understand before you take the job, and I don't know how much you give away during the interview. And how how that kind of shies away from your potential suitors, but you've got to understand that truly with 
outside of like the diehard USF fans, no one cares about USF. You've got to go out there and shake, shake hands, kiss babies. You've got to be so forward facing that it, it, your head spins. And Charlie wasn't like that. Willie was pretty well like that. Um, and it, it showed it paid off. There was, there was a, definitely a palpable buzz around the program, you know, when Charlie, uh, when Willie, you know, was his final two years there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if James Coley is like that. I just know he's whiffed on every single quarterback recruit since his days at Florida state. And I cannot trust that because guess what? USF needs a quarterback here. All right. They've got one scholarship guy on the roster right now. And we're not even sure if he's that good. You've got to be able to recruit quarterbacks. Willie can get them in. He knows how to groom them. He knows how to put them into the right system. The The biggest problem for him will be the offensive line like it was at Florida State. He's got to fix that. I think that might be number one. And I think Willie, even if he does leave in three or four years, that football center is probably built by then or at least on its way. So thanks for turning the program around. We've got the facility built. You have fun wherever you go. Okay, but that's this may sound then, strange, but I think this hires. It's going to sound. I think it's going to sound probably strange to most people, but I don't think this hire is that important. I think the next hire is the important one when you have everything ready to go, when you have the football facility done, when you have the roster kind of back at a higher level of talent. I think that's where you'd really. That would be the big time important hire. This hire, I think, is important. Obviously, any hire is important, but um, you know, if you if all you get is a coach in here that can upgrade your talent level, I th- and and so by the time the indoor facility and the football facility is ready to go, you have a talented roster. That's a win, in my opinion. Look, I I agree. I just you know, neat. I. I <laughs> It's a good. This is why I'm I'm really glad you're running the blog now because I think we get two totally different perspectives on, um, on this exact situation. And you know, before, if it was just me, I would have said this is absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, and it, look, it's still not happening. Like they're not hiring Willie. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. It's just not happening. But I think it's a good discussion to have about where we are and what we are as a program and where we're going. Um, you know, and what what the the goals should be here. Um, you know, if, if we're trying to get talent in the door, let's get the best recruiter possible. Well, Willie Taggart's a very, very good recruiter. Although some people have said at Florida state that he wasn't ready for the national big time. I mean, I saw that guy bring in, you know, Marlon Mack and Dernis Johnson. And I've heard some stuff about their boosters really being all over every aspect of the program to where, it kind of sure. lim- limits the coach a little bit, so I don't know if that played into it. At no, all. it's that's true too. I mean, Andy Miller got you know moved around up there. Uh, he was the head of the Seminole Boosters for like the last you know thirty or forty years. Um, and if you're not familiar, the the Seminole Boosters organization operated separately outside of athletics until about six months ago. Um, but they were always they had an outsized presence in that program because of that. 
because they weren't housed under the you know FSU athletics banner. So basically, the people that were running the day to day in the department weren't didn't have anything to do with the fundraising or the relationships. All of that went through Andy Miller. Well, that was a pretty unhealthy way to run a program, as everybody kind of figured out. Um, and so now they have moved that boosters program inside of, of the athletic department. So yes, did they have outsize? Yeah, for sure. They were also involved in like real estate. They were taking the money and, and involving it in like real estate deals in Tallahassee and other things that were happening. It was a, a very unusual way to run a program. Sure. Um, but you know, that can only be, you know, so much of the blame. Um, you know, Willie understands this place. It's just, so much of recruiting and so much of building back this fan base is based on trust. What Michael Kelly has done is to rebuild trust in USF athletics as an entity. You hire Willie Taggart, your trust factor goes away. A lot of it with a lot of people pretty quickly. I'm not saying that's fair and right. I like Willie. I want Willie to get another football job. I want him to be a head coach somewhere and I'm going to root for him when he does. I just don't think he's necessarily a fit for this program at this time. And I think Michael Kelly will agree with me and he will not hire him. Okay. Uh, Colin, I'm putting three minutes on the clock. Pitch me Larry Scott. So I'm gonna, not going to lie. There are probably people out there like the Clemson OC guys um, that probably have a better resume uh, for the job. Um, you know, finishing up a season after Al Golden gets fired is the interim and doing a fine job, but you know, that's only so much. And then one year is an OC for a pretty bad Tennessee team. Not specifically too great, you know, tight ends at UF, whatever. But the difference though, if you hire Larry Scott is that you get buyback in from those OGs, those guys that have been a part of this program since day one, Larry Scott understands what USF football has been, the journey, where it is now, and where this fan base sits and what they want. And you know what? Someone who just sort of gets you and understands you in a relationship can go a long, long way. Um, I, I'm not saying it's perfect. There, you know, I would honestly, I, I want to see some other people get a look too. But man, if they hired somebody who is a true USF diehard green and gold guy. That's going to get some buyback in with this fan base. Now, he needs to have the administrative skills to run a, 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 CE, a program as a CEO. He needs to be an elite recruiter. He has shown he can recruit. He's been an, a, an excellent recruiter uh, as an assistant. He's going to need to be able to show those skills on a higher level. I, I, it's, is it a perfect fit? Probably not. Somebody I'd like to have to have a little bit more experience, especially at a coordinator position, preferably maybe even head coach experience somewhere. Um, but I'm telling you, you could do a lot worse of getting this program, getting the fans of this program brought back in. All of these people on Twitter saying, Levitt, Levitt, Levitt. How about you hire one of Levitt's first recruits? One of the first guys that Levitt ever brought into this program who's seen it since the days of Fontana Hall and you know, the trailers and all of those famous stories from the, the beginning of USF. How about a guy who lived it? And how about a guy who sees where USF is now and has seen that trajectory and can sell that trajectory to incoming recruits and to this community, most importantly? I Look, I don't know the man. All I know is what people tell me about him. And they say he could be the guy who could do that. 
Yeah, I, and I said previously, just to jump in on that, that I, I, he was on the same staff as Coley at Miami, so I got to meet right. him, speak with him, see him in film. He's a really sharp guy, uh, really personable guy. Uh, I don't know how much he'd get out in front of the boosters. I don't know that, but to the high school coaches and to the coaches around the state, I think he's well-regarded and well-liked because he does treat those guys with respect and um and he's he's just kind of a he's he's a really sharp guy, really knowledgeable. I don't I think he would um I think he'd do a good job of giving the opportunity, especially with his background with the school. Yep. Um all right, so Joey Knight tweeted out today that there's a, a name that he's heard a couple times, and that is of Steve Spurrier Jr. He is the outside wide receivers coach at Washington State. Um, his boss just got an extension today. I I can see why. Um, I think you know, Seth. I think you were you said it before we started recording. Uh, he recruits Florida. Um, his dad, you know, his his dad knows Florida. He knows I Florida. Think he, he, was, re- he recruits specifically that. Uh, I don't know specifically, but I know I was out at a school in the spring visiting a coach I know um, in the Tampa Bay area, and he was there. So I think he it, he may even recruit the, just the Tampa Bay area as well. So there there is that connection. Um, there is a USF connection there. Um, Steve Spurrier Jr. was the assistant coach and quarterbacks coach at Western Kentucky in 2017. Um, his quarterback, White Mike. And uh, Mike White threw for 4,100 yards, led the country in completions. You know, he's got a pretty good track record. Um, he had one year as a co-OC with um, Sean Elliott at South Carolina in 2012, and they went 11-2. and two. Um, They won the Outback Bowl against Michigan. Um, but he hasn't gotten an OC job since. He's always been a position coach. It's strange or interesting that he hasn't gotten a chance anywhere else to be an OC. Um, he's been around the game for a long time. He's won two national championships um, as a coach. Uh, he was with the Gators in 96 and then Oklahoma in 2000. So his, you know, his coaching tree you know, spans Burrier, Leach, and Bob Stoops. <clears throat> Those are some pretty impressive guys. Um, I don't know if Michael Kelly would go that route. Uh, and frankly, uh, we've haven't had the best track record with, uh, sons of coaches and people from South Carolina. Um, you know, you know, Skip's Papa coach of South Carolina, Charlie Strong coach of South Carolina with, uh, Lou Holtz. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious and, uh, that, that kind of. Perks my ears a little bit, um, but I thought that was an interesting name to kind of hear today. Um, and then there's always, you know, Rich Basaccia is always kind of Steve Spurrier Jr. Would he run the air raid here? Would that be his? I mean, if he's an outside wide receivers coach at in for Mike Leach, is he going to be an air raid guy? Because um, maybe Leach's air raid isn't what it once was. Um, you know, which is the purest, most you know like uncut form of the original offense, but you know, there are some modified air raids 
you know, what Lincoln Riley's doing at Oklahoma, what Holgo's done at, at WV and, and at Houston that are probably still pretty effective. Is, is he thinking like, you know, 10 personnel all day, all day? Um, Cause I think that kind of fits USF athletes. He's never called. He's hasn't. I don't know if he's ever called. Like he called plays in South Carolina. I guess he's a co-coordinator, but uh, was he calling plays? Was Dad calling plays? I don't know. I don't know what his style is. He's been. He was at Oklahoma when on Stoops' first staff, starting in '99, and he was there for a few years. And then he went with his dad to the Redskins. Um, back with Mike Stoops at Arizona for a year, and then I think he joined his dad again at South Carolina. So, um for a while and then like Nate said he was at Western Kentucky for a year and then he was back with Leach so I don't know exactly what um, he spent more time with his dad but he spent so we're going to run fun and gun curl flat like uh, you know that kind of stuff because I'm fine with that too well if you want somebody to run that you already got him in in the building pretty much so yeah (laughs) um (laughs) that's <laughs> so, uh, so I, that's i don't know i don't know what he may be more air raid which would be interesting but i don't i don't know it's hard to say yeah i thought that was a interesting name um you know we i've got a hard stop here in like nine minutes so this is a question um that i want to pose to both of you uh how attractive is this job really taking out the fandom taking out you, your your love of the school how attractive is this job really? So somebody floated to me the theory that Hypel might go to Mizzou. Um, if Hypel went to Mizzou, that would be the worst case scenario because I don't think there's a coach anywhere that would take the USF job over the UCF job. And when you're that far behind your rival or theoretical rival, which should not ever have been a rival, but whatever, um, that that's bad. I think it's probably like the... Uh, Houston's probably a better job right now. C's a better job. Um, it's like third or fourth best job in this league. Memphis is an okay job. I don't think Memphis is a great job. Um, so yeah, I'd say like third or fourth. And and Cincinnati's actually got a little bit of investment too. Somewhere between three and five, third and fifth best job in this league. I think it depends on what what you want to do as a coach for the attractiveness. Like um, I know there were some people even saying that FAU was a better job than USF. That's kind of a nah, that's theory. Crazy. People are floating around. My only thing with that is what, what is, what do you want to do? Do you want, if you want to come in the next two years and bounce, I don't think this is an attractive job because I think it's going to be tough to recruit if you haven't been here before. And I think you may, I think whoever the coach is, they may struggle next year unless they get a big influx of talent. I think long term, this job is attractive because you have a competent athletic director, you have investment coming into the program, and you have a, you know, a recruiting uh, area that if you go out and work, you can get the guys. I think the problem is there hasn't been as much. Um, going out and working it seems like but if you go out and work you can get the guys there so i think long term it's a very attractive job but i think in the short term it's not very attractive if you're if you're looking to take a job and bounce to a higher job i don't think this one's a super attractive for the next couple of years until that facility gets built if you're looking for be somewhere in the longer term 
um, be there longer than a few years, two or three years. I think it's an attractive job because of where it's located. Uh, you have a growing alumni base. Um, you have facilities that are going to be coming in soon that will be brand new. Uh, so I think long term, it's an attractive job, but short term, it's tough because it's going to be tough for you to win next year. So maybe it's better to be somewhere where you can put up a nine and three, ten and two record and then leave than it is to come here and have to rebuild some things. I agree with that, but I think anybody that we're going to want um, is going to be ambitious because you want coaches that, you know, want ambitious coaches tend to succeed more. Um you can't look at Urban Meyer. There's a reason he keeps getting hired. So it's not loyalty. So he, well, he, he's I, done a pretty good job picking his spots too. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a thing. That's what he like. He uh, went he went to Florida when they were loaded, and he went to Ohio State when they were loaded. Um, but he built so Bowling I, Green in in Utah. Yeah. So you know, um, but if you're if he, you're like Tony Elliott, you know it kind of depends. What do you want to do if you're Tony Elliott? Do you want to go somewhere where you can build it? and put it in your no. image and be there for a long time, no. well, then I think it's a great job. Do you want to go somewhere where you can leave in two years for a bigger job? Well, you may yes. have a really bad record your first year. Then it takes the shine off you a little bit. So do you wait, stay at Clemson, or do you go to a bigger job now if you can? That's that's my thing. Is I think short-term, um, it's a tougher sell. Long-term, it's got it'll have everything you could want to build a program. So that's why I think you need to get somebody, um, you know, if I think if you can get one of those big splash guys, like one of the Clemson guys, it's probably, I'm sure the whole fan base would be happy. It might be a good way to go, but you might be searching again in two years. Okay. That's fine. Because the new guy will have a facility and we'll have better talent because we'll have gotten guys in here that can really recruit. So I agree yeah, I don't with you. Think, I don't think there's a ton of, I think regardless of who they hire, there's not a ton of bad options, I don't think. All the options that have been floated are, to me, seem viable and can get the program moving forward. To what, what about degree. Rich Passaccia? <laughs> <laughs> was that, I, was, that's like, that was floated in a seance, I think. Um, a major, major credible and the only full-time beat writer of the University of South Florida Athletic Department has floated the name Rich Passaccia. I'm just putting it out there. That's a legitimate float. This is not like some message board drooler. This is, he has put it out there that Rich Passaccia is a candidate for the job. So of all the names that have been floated, and that's, if, if Joey's floating it, it's a legit float. So well, he, he's I, a special teams coordinator, Colin. Don't you know he has to deal with the whole team? I've heard the pitch a hundred times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, you gotta have those that, meetings. Your meetings are at weird times, and you get like ten minutes of practice. You got to get everything in. It's a lot. The whole roster. They have to deal with the whole roster. Jim Harbaugh, or uh, yeah, not Jim Harbaugh. The other Har John Harbaugh did it. Yeah. Listen, Donnie Abraham's a <laughs> more viable candidate. <laughs> All right. Uh, he is. He he has head coach experience. He does. We don't. He's, he, when was the last time Rich Passaccia recruited? What's he? He's with the Raiders now. Yeah. I mean, Especially I mean, at least Donnie's coached in college. Um, you know, he's with, he was at Illinois with Lovey. He was a head coach. He played. He uh, coached at IMG. I mean, there's 
at least there's some track record there. I mean, is his kid? How many jokes you know? Uh, yeah, Devin I think is a DB coach uh, over there. Oh, your pipeline, pipeline right there. Um, pipeline matters. You know, I, pipeline matters. <laughs> Look, Donnie, being I think a the only coach for the new guy would be probably be a good fit. That'd probably be some one of those kind of guys that you, you wouldn't mind bringing onto the staff. Right. Um, I think the the only guy right now that I'd like absolutely not, no way, hell no, is James Coley. I just don't yeah. like that QB track record. I really don't. Look, it's not ideal, but he's got so much talent. Like, you know, look at some of these guys that he's brought in. Like hey, he got you know, he got good numbers out of Brad Kaya. And that's not easy because Brad Kai was I thought Brad Kai was good and he wasn't. Um James Wilder, Ty Jones, um, you know, PJ Williams, Devontae Freeman, Chad Abrams, Kermit Whitfield, you know, like he's gotten players. He get he gets dudes. You know, I don't and in fact maybe he's one of those guys that can go get dudes and if he's willing to be a CEO type coach and really turn the offense over to somebody else. Maybe it's, you know, this is the thing we we always talk about promoting coordinators and whatever. It's a completely different skill set. Like being a co- being a head coach and being a coordinator and being a position coach are just three completely different skill sets. And it's just the nature of the business that we promote from within and and go that way. But like I kind of love what Coastal Carolina did, where they brought in the CEO of TD Ameritrade to run the team because he had CEO management experience. I don't think USF should go way off the board like that. Like we are not in a position where we can be like that experimental program. I, I wouldn't even want to do like what Arizona state is doing right now with Herm and that very unusual organization chart. I think it's really cool. And I'm really interested to see the results on that. Um, but I don't think USF should go like way off the farm there because I think that's not where we should be as a program right now. But there's three, the, you're either a position coach, a coordinator who's like coaching the position coaches and also putting the pieces together. And then you're the head coach who's like spending 70% of his time, hopefully raising money and recruiting. It's, it's just, those are three different roles. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't. Maybe Coley's a guy who could be a, a great fundraiser and recruiter. God knows he can recruit. Maybe he's just not a great coordinator. Maybe. Um, all right. So we've actually bumped up against our time. I think we've kind of touched on everything. Um, you know, be sure to check us out at Stampede uh, SBN on Twitter. Make sure you check out the website. Uh, follow Bulls Nathan SBN. At Colin Sherwin, he may even put put some stuff out. Seth Farnador, um, we are going to be tracking this until he gets hired. Um, Michael Kelly may be at the NFF uh, Hall of Fame ceremony next Tuesday. Uh, A lot of interviews and whatnot goes on there, so we may hear something within the next week. Uh, That's what I anticipate, just a gut feeling um, to give the coach at least a week to salvage this early signing period. I think that's probably the ideal scenario. Um, I got some breaking news here, boys. Uh, I have a picture here on Twitter, Curtis uh, retweeted by our friend, Will Turner, um, that shows Kerwin Bell with Tate Rodemaker yesterday uh, in Valdosta, Georgia. So 
still trying to get the kid. Yeah, he says it's my guy or something like that, right? So I might do yesterday. He's been out at he's been out going to the I've seen him out with a bunch of different commits. So he's out he's out on the trail right now trying to uh I guess keep it together, make sure guys get in for official visits. So salvage it up. I think we all know God my thoughts something. on the matter. <laughs> yep. Uh just be sure to check us out. Um I think that's it for now. Um we will keep you guys posted. Uh this has been the Blue Mountain Podcast. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.